0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Made in New England interview series, where we talk with New England-based companies uh, and the people who lead them. I am your host, Steve DeVries, uh, and I'm joined today uh, by Joe Howard of Howard Precision, uh, located in Guilford, New Hampshire. Joe, welcome to the show. Hi, Steve. Thanks for having me. All right. You're welcome. So thanks for joining us. Uh, Joe, maybe you could start out with just a little bit of background about you and your business.
1: Well, uh. My name is Joe Howard, I'm the owner and operator of Howard Precision Incorporated. The uh, business is a CNC machine shop where we offer multi-axis precision CNC machining for various industries, uh, pharmaceutical, defense, aerospace, medical, and uh, the business was founded in 1986 by my parents, Joseph and Carol Howard, and I learned everything I, I really knew about business and machining from them growing up in the business. And in 2005, I I wanted to grow the business a little bit. My parents employed about five or six people at the most, and and I had these you know grand visions of having a larger company. So in 2005, I convinced my parents to to help me open my own facility up in Guilford, New Hampshire. I uh, I liked the school system in Guilford, and my parents had a boat up here, so it made a lot of sense to to head to Guilford and and check it out. Maybe find a girl and get married and settle down in Guilford. So that's exactly what we did. So in 2005, we opened a, a small Machine shop, two, two lathes and a uh, a mill, brand new, in a uh, industrial condo about eighteen hundred square feet, and we grew the business. Basically, I was doing work for the pharmaceutical and food beverage industry. We made hose fittings for uh, you know hose connections for their their machines and equipment, and that business grew quite a bit for a while. Two thousand twelve, I was able to put up a, a nine thousand square foot facility in a nice industrial park here in Guilford. And in 2014, I ended up buying my parents out and we moved all the the businesses together. Their shop and mine consolidated into this new facility. And then in uh, 2015, 16, shortly after uh, all this, we we started to see a decline in the the hose fitting production of pharmaceutical and food beverage parts. We saw that stuff start moving to China and India. So we put initiatives together. We wanted to, to make ourselves better. And one thing that would make us better would be going to ISO and putting together a really great quality program, controlling processes, metrics, you know, we love looking at KPIs and our metrics. That's kind of like a, a thing that, that I look at every single day. I mean, I, I track everything, from quoting performance to sales performance, to on-time delivery, quality, customer returns we look at everything and we use those metrics. You know, a lot of companies will track them, but we actually really understand and appreciate the importance of using those metrics to steer your business. So quality in implementing this was was really natural for us. We had great people and it just was the natural progression of things. So when we implemented the quality system, we were ISO certified and we thought that would open up even more doors, which it, it did to a degree, But um, we had lost so much business, um, it was really tough to recover from that. Fortunately, I was able to land some new contracts, and when COVID happened, we were really busting to the seams. It it allowed us to uh, to generate some great profit and reinvest in the company, which we did we upgraded our quality lab. We added equipment, now we have full five-axis services, uh, new four-axis machine, we have a horizontal pallet changing mill, Uh, we've got some amazing equipment. And then when COVID ended, we saw all those contracts disappear. And they're not gone forever. They're gone probably till 2025. But unfortunately, we've seen a huge decline in our business after all this investment. So over the past year and a half, I've spent pretty much 99% of my time, aside from running the day-to-day, but trying to get new customers. And we're focusing on aerospace, defense, and you know customers that are gonna be more dependent on us manufacturers other things that we're working on right now are being itar compliant and we're going to eventually go towards our as 9100 certification and those are really the the things in the pipeline for 2024
0: so your your story i think is a familiar one particularly for manufacturers here in new england right so you've built a, a client base and then to see it offshored right was has become a very common Tail amongst manufacturers here, so for those clients that stuck with you, uh, and even for the new ones, what can you point to in your business that attracts those customers to you and and has helped you retain them?
1: Well, the people that we we cater to now mainly need stuff quicker. You know, that's what you don't see when you when you outsource things to India and China. You, you, your lead times are much longer. Um, so we can, we can capture the work that is required to be delivered within the next two to four weeks. Beyond that, it becomes pretty competitive. Um, if you're talking your generic fitting work, you know, the stuff that we used to supply, cause we still do supply a lot of fittings. I say a lot, small orders of fittings, much smaller orders than we used, used to provide mm-hmm. but small orders of fittings to our older customers that need them quickly. Um, where we see growth are the defense areas, you know, where people need more complex parts made. Um, Really, I mean, that stuff has to stay in the US. Um, Defense work is required to be done here, you know, companies like BAE, Raytheon, uh, Boeing, all that type of work is gonna end up staying here in the States indefinitely.
0: Okay, okay. That
1: stuff is really where we're, we're pushing.
0: Okay. So you mentioned earlier, uh, you ran through a bunch of, of metrics that you use to, to manage your business. So for uh, people like me, ops people that really get into uh, metrics, can you name for me the, the, the top maybe two or three that you really focus on on a regular basis to, to manage that business? Uh, there, are, there are several. So from
1: a commercial end of the business it all depends on where you're looking. So I wear a lot of different hats. Owning the business and is a small company. So I look at production efficiency. Okay, that's that's one. That's probably the most difficult one to manage. Um, I shouldn't say that's probably. That is the most difficult one to manage. And that, that has been consistent in my entire business professional uh, life. The commercial end of things, I look at my quoting performance. I look at, you know, amount of quotes sent, amount of quotes won. And I look at my book to bill ratio. I want to make sure that I'm always booking more work than I'm billing. Sure, that's that's uh, probably the the best one. Obviously, profitability is is going to be paramount to, to all of them because so, all the metrics can look great, but if you're not profitable, what's the point?
0: Yeah, so. ab- absolutely, absolutely. So, um, thinking about the future, you talked a little bit about the growth in aerospace and defense. So that's that's where you see the opportunities what concerns you about the future of of your industry or your business in in general
1: i guess concerns for me are more about scaling and and i, I bring up scaling because we we went through some tough times especially in 2023 and it was probably one of the, the toughest years um i think i've ever had it was just a whirlwind we came off of 2022 with a great great profit and i took all of that profit and reinvested it in our shop i tooled up i wanted to be faster and better and as it's almost as soon as i did that we lost all of those big contracts that made me all that money Mm. so i had to start immediately hitting the ground looking for new customers now an acquisition of a new customer takes 15 to 18 months. It's a a long time to actually really get an opportunity from them. And then to get good opportunities, you know, you're talking a long time, 24 months. So that was a challenge. And then in October, we just didn't have the work to support the staff I had. So I had to do something I've never done in my life. And that was lay off almost half my workforce. So scaling is is such an important lesson to learn and it's something that you know I spent 18 years in this business before I learned how to scale it properly and even now I still second guess myself sometimes we we did so well in 22 and I I teed up so many new customers but the work just wasn't showing up quick enough and my finance manager will tell you that that sometimes I or most of the time I I think with my heart more than my head <laughs> How do I scale this comfortably and do it just the right way for 2024 and 2025 and going further? Because when you have 25 people in your shop, it's really a tough number to be profitable at. 10 people, you can be profitable. 35, you can be profitable. Anywhere in between there gets a little tricky. So scaling, I think, is my biggest concern. I want to grow. I want to satisfy my customer's requirements. I want to make more money. But I also don't want to get in a situation where I'm going to lay off people again because that was probably the one of the hardest things I've had to deal with in business.
0: Joe, I, I appreciate you being so uh, transparent with that, and I and I think you're not alone. I've I've seen businesses uh, have those same concerns, and so uh, it is a challenge. And you know, sometimes we get it right, and some and sometimes uh, we don't. Uh, but I think you know the. The level of caring that you that you show to your employees, I think, will ultimately be, you know, helpful for you as a, you know, in the, in the future of your business. So um, a couple a couple last questions for you. The name of the show was Made in New England. Uh, it's all about New England based businesses and, and, and the people that are here. How does being in New England and, and what I consider the, the heart of New England in the Lakes region, uh, how does that impact your business positively or negatively?
1: Well, New England, as we all know, watching the show probably, uh, is a great area to live. Uh, Schools are great. Scenery is great. The activities are awesome. And we have summer activities, winter activities. And I think New Hampshire was just voted like one of the best places to live in the the country. However, it's very expensive. What I see are are challenges of acquiring new young talent that want to be in a trade like machining. I mean, this is this is a great profession. We have we have people that make very good money here. And it just still doesn't seem to attract enough young people. Um, so I think being in New England, it's it's difficult for manufacturing. I see a lot of um, well, oh, even in New Hampshire, it's difficult for, for manufacturing. You might see better pay and better opportunities down in Connecticut, but it seems like the the closer you get to the Carolinas, the opportunities seem to, to grow quite a bit. So mm-hmm that ties into my whole scaling issue. You know, I, I, or my concern, I should say how quick and how, how much can you really grow here and sustain? Um, I know almost every machine shop owner in the area. And as soon as we hire somebody, usually you get a phone call or a text, you know, Hey, what'd you do? Why'd you take my guy? And it's just, it's such a small pool. Um, I think, I think that's a a detractor for manufacturing in, in New England. However, we live in a very expensive area. And if this is where I want to live, I've got to deal with those (laughs) those
0: challenges. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, Joe, you've shared uh, so many insights uh, with us in just such a short amount of time. Uh, But I'm going to ask you one last question. Uh, Any advice that you have uh, for budding business leaders, uh, or those just facing general business challenges? What's your advice to those folks?
1: I think the one thing that has mattered to me more than anything, and it's actually paid off in dividends, uh, taking care of your people. I have the best employees I could ever ask for. Um, the people I have here care about me and I genuinely care about them. I tell everybody when I hire them, uh, we work so we can live. We don't live so we can work. And I, I think it's it's kind of something that gets lost in larger companies where Vacation time, even sick time for your family. You know, if you're, you have a child at school and they're sick, go get them. You know, if you need a day off, take it. This is this is your life, okay? You know, and uh, I think that's what attracts people to work for us because we genuinely care about them and their their livelihoods. So, if I had any advice, I would say, make sure you treat your employees well, and they will they will certainly pay it back.
0: Wise words, Joe. Um, I really appreciate you sharing all of that. I appreciate you being on the on the show with us today. Great meeting you, learning all about Howard Precision. Uh, for those of you out there listening, uh, check out Howard Precision's website. It's howardprecisioninc.com. I'm Steve DeVries, your host. I look forward to meeting with you next time. Have a great day, everybody. Have a great day, Joe. Thanks, Steve. You take care.